Welcome to the Compliance Time AML and Financial Crime Podcast. Here, you can learn from compliance experts, enthusiasts and creators who are contributing to the fast-moving and dynamic field of financial compliance. Hello everyone and welcome to Compliance Time. In this episode, I'm joined by two amazing women working tirelessly on creating a trusted circle of inspiring women celebrating the essence of all that is best for professional women. You will hear from Lucian Mauman and Gina Green, the Chair and Vice-Chair of Women in Ethics and Compliance. Lucian is a qualified lawyer admitted to practice in Brazil, Portugal and England and Wales. With over 18 years of professional experience in specializing in corruption and governance, currently based in the UK, she has worked at top-tier litigation and international dispute resolution departments of Magic Circle and White Shoe Law Firms before spending some time working in the consulting space. She currently holds the position of Senior Legal Counsel and Compliance Officer at a large civil engineering company. Gina is based in the Northeast region of the US and is a graduate of Widener Delaware Law School in the US with a degree in corporate and business law. She is a subject matter expert in creating and improving corporate compliance and ethics programs in tandem with incorporating diversity and inclusion policy within operational processes. She is also a contributing writer and speaker for many compliance articles, events and workshops. Gina is the founder and compliance officer for Tech9 Inc, a compliance and ethics consulting group and is the Vice Chair of Women in Ethics and Compliance Global, as well as a partner in Forensic Compliance Consulting located in Mexico City, Mexico. Listen to this episode to the very end because Women in Ethics and Compliance have prepared a gift for you and you will hear how to get that. Remember, only the first 50 listeners will be rewarded, so hurry up and claim your prize. And now, let's hear from Lucian and Gina. Hello, Gina, Lucian, welcome to Compliance Time. I'm very excited to speak with you today and uh, to hear more about women in ethics and compliance. Hi, Denise, thanks for having us today. We're so happy to be here on Compliance Time. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's uh, uh, maybe start with um, telling us about yourselves and your uh, experience with compliance. Sure. Uh, well. Uh, thank you, Nenitsa, for having us. We're delighted to participate in a such well-respected podcast, which provides great and timely content for the ethics compliance community. Uh, well, uh, I'm, I'm a lawyer originally from Brazil, and I have been living in the UK for the past you know, 13 years, where I have worked for UK and US law firms for many years. Then I spent some time working in the consulting space, And early next year, I landed my first in-house role. Uh, I specialize uh, in corruption and governance. And my experience includes advice in large multinational companies, in financial institutions, enforcement actions by regulatory bodies, regulatory and corporate investigations, and corruption agenda, and also during the prosecution uh, by the Department of Justice of the United States. Uh, I'm adept to uh, at design and rolling out and monitor complex ethics compliance programs with a focus on providing advice and governance risks, sustainability, 
business uh, culture and conduct, and also innovative training and communications programs. I have a true passion for ethics, diversity, and inclusion, and I also have the honor to serve as a chairwoman of the ethics, um, the uh, Women Ethics Compliance Global. That's Thanks. amazing. Thank you, Lucian. How about you, Gina? Yeah, that's hard to follow up because Lucian is such a great, a great role model in the compliance and ethics industry and profession. Um, so I'm Gina Green, and I'm based in the United States, East Coast, about two and a half hours outside of New York City. Um, my earlier career includes working in fraud in the financial industry. I was dedicated to stopping corruption, money laundering, terroristic financing. Although I'm not an attorney, I have my law degree in corporate and business law with a specialization in compliance and ethics. I'm also a certified anti-money launderer, an ACAMS member, as well as a member of the SCCE, which is the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics. And as a professional with years of experience, including being a partner in Forensic Compliance Consulting Group. I've been featured in Forbes Magazine Online, uh, various compliance and financial podcasts, and I guest speak locally and internationally on financial crimes. I'm here today so happy to represent WEC, Women in Ethics Global. And um, yeah, I'm currently the executive director. And a lot of times you can find me hosting some of our events that we do online each month. That's fantastic. I did attend it recently one of your events. It was on sanctions. It was really, really good. But um, let's... Uh, Tell to the people that may don't know WEC yet what it is, how it started, and what is its mission. Sure. Um, well, um, I was started uh, early last year uh, when a few wonderful women from different parts of the world came together to build something really special. We, as, a, as women in the ethics compliance uh, field, the fields of ethics compliance wanted to create a trusted circle of inspiring, inspiring women, celebrating the sense of all that is best for professional women. Women Ethics Compliance Global, it's uh, WAC Global, is a nonprofit organization incorporated in the US. The organization was designed uh, for compliance officers, compliance enthusiasts, attorneys paralegals, investigators, and those in the compliance uh, and ethics industry, regardless of seniority level. Our focus is to inspire future leaders by promoting women's continued, continued development at every stage of their careers. Of course, we recognize that gender biases and uh, the lack of transparency that's a rampant in, organ in corporations throughout the world, we know that. Uh, however, these professionals are entitled to a safe space. We want to provide a safe space where they can connect, learn, engage with those that are like-minded folks on ethics compliance initiatives. Our goal is to reach these professionals globally. It's also important to mention that we pride ourselves on being an inclusive rather than an exclusive organization. Everyone's welcome to apply wherever part of the world they come from or skill set within ethics compliance they hold. Men are also absolutely welcome to join WEC, to join us as a friend of WEC Global. Our mission is to build uh, a network of ethics compliance professional women and supporters that structure around um, mutual professional trust 
and provide, as I, uh, as I have mentioned, and provide a safe space for women to promote their compliance careers, share experience, build friendships, establish partnerships. That's that's really great. Um, I, I think there is need for such uh, organization because there are not many out there, right? WEC is one of the few. Yes, yes it is. That's perfect. Yes, yes. I, I think our global approach, it's, it's something that makes um, us more unique. And then our... Uh, um, our openness in terms of collaborating with men, you know, at, um, as at the end of the day, we need their support, you know, we need them to join the conversation. Yes, um, that, that's, that's really interesting. And um, when we talk about compliance, people often talk about challenges. Um, so I, I say, let's speak about opportunities today. And what compliance area do you see the greatest development potential right now? Well, Denise, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. You know, we have to look back about what we learned over the last few years during the COVID pandemic. And what we've all learned is that change can happen swiftly and catch us unprepared or needing to change our plans pretty much instantly. So with that in mind, we could prepare and plan for our future by, say, taking the knowledge that we have, say, if we're in aviation compliance, we might want to head it over to medical compliance and figure there's openings there in medicine. Or we could be there already and plan to move to financial sector or even compliance sustainability, because we know we need to make environmental concerns a primary concern to the organizations that we're affiliated with. But the truth of the matter is, no matter what we specialize in, there are a few areas that we need to master in order to grow and fully develop professionally. As most businesses are still working with work from home or hybrid models, we need to be aware of say, updating our various compliance programs that are available, how to incorporate them with a sound judgment skill, maybe mastering your judgment skills and your investigation skills. One thing that comes to mind is modern technology. Are we staying abreast in that area? How about our personal responsibility and accountability, which will in naturality feed down to an organization's pipeline and also set the stage for others because they'll implement what they see. Well, we have to be willing to step back and examine what is the driving force of our company organization and be determined to get the culture of the organization right. So that means don't be afraid to be the first to stop inappropriate behavior. Yeah, it calls for boldness, but tolerated inappropriate behavior is still wrong. So here's one thing we're gonna remember from today. People would read what we say and they, they might hear what we say, but they'll remember what they see. So we need to, as professionals, demonstrate behavior we want to see from others. And then that way, no matter what opportunity arises in compliance, we'll be in a position to take it and move forward in a positive manner. That's really, really, really true and great. Um, people need to be involved and they need to follow the example of someone who does right. So I think this is a very, very good opportunity to, for, for specialists and for professionals to set really an example and be the person who the others follow. Yeah, 
tone is set from the top, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true too. And um, how about fraud? You you are, um, you know, you mentioned COVID, you mentioned um, working from home. How can all this influence fraud? And uh, is, it, is it really more complicated now um, to come out of the pandemic? And, um, you know, we are now in this post-pandemic world. Um, what are some of the opportunities there in terms of uh, compliance, yeah. fraud, AML? Yeah, there's obviously opportunities um, globally that are available for people who are interested in that field. And that's because fraud has been on a rise in a global sector. You know, it's not a day that you can turn on a news report and not hear of someone trying to um, get away with a scam or some type of uh, local um, pyramid system, um, whether it be financial or even on a corporation level. So these businesses, entities need protection. They need someone to come out and to represent them to keep things honest and safe. So there are opportunities in this field greatly. Yeah, and um, I want to ask you both, what do you think we should all learn when we talk about compliance, about equality and collaboration? Also some of the lessons that that you took from WEC um, being there for about a year, right? Well, I think that's uh, I I think that's the combination of ethics and compliance. It's really important uh, because uh, the word ethics it entails that all the all the part of uh, collaboration, uh, mainly equality, diversity, and then uh, we start now talk talk about compliance, and then compliance knows more about compliance complying with the rules. Is there you no know, more? Uh, uh, white and black, and then in ethics, we see that um, how we can navigate, you know, the gray areas, and how it can help companies just to improve their agenda when it comes to diversity, when it comes to inclusion, inclusion, and then those topics are very close to our hearts at WEC because we want to collaborate globally with people from different backgrounds, from different cultures, because we think we can learn from each other, regardless of seniority level. I always say that uh, you have uh, people have something to contribute. Uh, and I've, it, it, this uh, unity you know, uh, is, is really important uh, in terms of for the community, for the uh, field of ethics compliance, but for us as a professionals and then as a human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Lou. I'm going to piggyback on top. Thank you so much for speaking. And I agree with you 100%. You know, that's one thing that I really love about the organization. Women in Ethics and Compliance Global, also known as WEC, is a great avenue to learn from one another. You know, the compliance industry in its whole is kind of a lonely route. I mean, people usually think of compliance as the police, you know, what 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 did I do wrong when you come into a, a department or, or a group? You know, right away they have their backup. You know, they're a little bit afraid sometime when you walk in or you want to ask for a meeting. So to have a common place where you can go and talk with other professionals, exchange ideas, exchange experiences, and work together and grow, you know, that's one of the things that the organization has seen to be a, a really big benefit. And one of our mo models is just that. When women come together, great things happen. 
we, we borrowed that from the great Felicia Rashad, and that was one of her quotes that we as WEC uh, have implemented in our organization. Um, recently, I can also make mention that I was quoted recently in a compliance and ethics article for a similar question. I think the question was something like how to show equality and collaboration and compliance. You know, and I thought about that and I thought about this question today because it's quite similar. And my response would still have to be the same. Uh, you know, Denise, if we're looking for a one size fits all answer, we're not gonna find it. It just doesn't exist. Because honestly, we must develop emotional intelligence in our everyday life. And then we have to pair that with empathy. So when you think about emotional intelligence, what do we know about it? Well, we know it's defined as the ability to perceive, use, understand, manage, and handle emotions when properly displayed. It can build relationships, reduce team stress, and diffuse conflict. That's something that we all need in our work life and, and some of us even in our personal lives. But you know what? Let me just give you an example. Something I think you might be able to relate to. I got a little story for you. I have a colleague, if you don't mind. Oh, no, absolutely. I love okay. stories. Go Great. ahead. I've got a colleague and um, the colleague is a lead to a very, a very local um, vocal team, I should call it. Um, they recently had a person that joined their team and the person um, had a very heavy accent. And well, the tone of voice that was used from the person, sometimes people would say it seemed to be aggressive. It seemed to be have an edge to it. So much so that every time the new person would give a comment, someone would stop talking. They would look at the person with puzzlement, quickly dismiss the newcomer's thought and move on. Well, this went on and on like a merry-go-round. Each meeting, the newcomer would come, but they would try to attempt to communicate. But with the heavy accent, and getting a little bit uh, louder, trying to explain and clearly say the message, their ideas were quickly shut down over and over and over. Well, my friend, the team lead, was starting to feel quite disappointed. He or she had hired this person, a new person, just for their ideas, and, and she wanted to progress forward. But it seemed to her that they could not communicate or understand his communication of his ideas without getting upsetting from other people. Well, this was detrimental for the success of the whole team, as you would imagine. The team lead, well, she knew this could not go on. And, you know, if we think back to situations we might have come into ourselves, we might have been in that situation or maybe be the person where your tone or your accent might have perhaps been a blockade for them not understanding that message that was trying to put forth. It's common, but we need to check it. We need to get that in balance because how we relate to situations like that can speak volumes of the individual and the culture of a company. So in fact, cases like this, it would take emotional intelligence to understand that that newcomer meant no harm in communicating. There was no ill intent, no aggression. It was merely the newcomer's pattern of speech and their tone was being misunderstood. Now, this was something not quickly assessed, but learning an individual and not just expecting generalizations or even stereotypes, well, that'll allow you to handle such situations by demonstrating emotional intelligence. And might I add that emotional intelligence was one of the recent WEC events that we had the privilege of hosting. It was a phenomenal experience and we're still getting comments today. Um, this is indeed an area that WEC is bold to promote because we believe in equality and collaboration 
and we believe that they're both attainable within the compliance and ethics industry. Um, a few other topics by chance, just to let you know that we've included in some of our events were ethical blindness, <clears throat> manipulation in the workplace, and of course, as you mentioned, the, sanction, the sanctions events, um, because we all are affected by them. So yeah, we're really taking this to heart about being able to show collaboration and equality within the compliance industry. You know, listening to your story, which is fascinating actually, and um, I can imagine that the tone of voice and the accent are something that are very important um, in general when you want to convey your thoughts and ideas. I was thinking, um, to how, how what do you think about mentorship? Um, how important is mentorship, and does WEG do something about that? Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I was going to touch on that, but a little bit later. But I'm clearly happy to talk about it now because WEG is happy to be starting their fall semester shortly. Uh, we do run a mentorship program for our members of the organization. The member mentorship program is ran twice a year and we try to fall in line with the calendar of a school calendar. So we have a spring semester and then we have a fall semester later in the year. The thing about this particular mentorship program that's so fascinating is that you're not just matched with anyone at any time. No, we have a selection process where we take the time to get to know mentors on a personal level. We bring out their strengths, their professionals, and we wanna really make them enhance their personal growth as well. And then we tie that with a mentee that also we take the time to learn about this mentee. And we put the two together to make a phenomenal experience that many times last, that relationship can last a lifetime. So within the program, when we do open it to all, if people are uh, at a point of their life in their professional development where they feel they can be mentors, we would love to hear from them as well. WEC is open to both mentees and mentors for the fall program. Within this program, you really get a chance to increase your professional development with specialized professionals, either in a one-to-one basis, or we even provide a group mentoring for some that are just too busy or they prefer not to be the center of the spotlight. And uh, is that offered to everyone for free or there is a fee? How does it work? How can well, you be to be a mentor, we can't but help to appreciate the level of commitment that you have signed up for. And with that, yeah, you do have um, a free access as a mentor um, to all the initiatives and programs and classes that WEC offers. As far as the mentees, we do value, again, the, the, the background um, IT support, the background uh, technical support that we have to put out. So we do charge a very minimal fee of $99 for that semester. Now, I might add these rates are subject to change in the year 2023. Uh, not by much, but we do want to be uh, forward thinking with everything that is increasing. Unfortunately, with the demands we have on the economy, we too have, may have to raise a couple of prices. But for, the, for, for this program that's starting now, which is fall 2022, it's a mere $99. And for those of you who have individual businesses, yeah, you can write this off as an expense 
And if you don't have your own business, then perhaps you can take the receipt because it is tax deductible as we are a 501c3 uh, charitable organization. You can take your receipt to your employer and they perhaps will reimburse you of your monies when you put it out. And you know we're mindful how tight things are. So if 99 US dollars is a bit much for you to put out right away, work, we'll work with you. We have no qualms in setting you up on a payment plan or setting up a structure that will be best for your pocket. We realize the times we're living under, but we also realize as professionals, we need to make sure we hone in on our skills, stay topical, stay abreast, and unite with one another that are also in this fight against global crime. That's fabulous, really fantastic. So um, I, I do think this is fair price when you think about uh, what person is getting and this is this um, personalized mentorship approach where you can really grow and develop yourself. So uh, it's fantastic also that you're um, taking into consideration the difficult times and that there are options such as payment plans. Um, but let's let's try to um, take a look in the future, mm-hmm. and I would like to ask you both if you have some predictions of uh, what will be the future of compliance, and also the future of women in compliance in general. Yeah, great question, Denista. So if you roll over to our website, if you go to www.wec G-L-O-B-A-L.org. That's our website. And on our website, we have some phenomenal information that will help you understand the future. Reason being it's because, yes, although we are a United States entity, we are global, which means we have a compliance ear to the ground in various countries. So there's good news on the forefront. Meeting regulatory compliance mandates is a requirement that won't go away anytime soon. So we're listening, we're looking, we're researching, we're finding what laws are changing, what amendments are being made in various countries throughout the world. So this industry is going to continue to have an increase. As a matter of fact, in 2021, um, not too long ago, the U.S. Bureau of Statistics forecasted that compliance jobs were expected to grow by 18% by the year 2030. That's much faster than most other occupations. That means there'll be roughly eh, about 6,900, 7,000 maybe openings projected per year on an average. That's a lot of jobs available. This, of course, includes people moving from one another, firms or, or hospitals or entities, on organizations, and even some that may have just retired from the industry. But you know, this is easily demonstrated by the constant need to combat what some call white collar crimes, also victimless crimes or financial crimes. You know, when you look at some of the headlines, Denise, I'm just gonna share just a few that I saw recently. One said how Chase Bank let an 81 year old customer wire 600,000 US dollars to a scammer. $600,000, Denise, this is happening, fraud, through internet, right in front of us each day. There's another one that said, personal identification scam includes mismatched or phony names. That was revealed. So yeah, they're finding ways to get information um, and, and mix it with some of the true information and then make a scam out of it, a scheme to defraud. 
And one more that I just saw just today talked about a voice cloning machine. I believe this came out of Dubai. A voice cloning machine is being investigated in cybercrime. So, so for those that are trying to combat wrongdoing from the backside, from internal, like us, investigators, compliance officers, ethics officers, fraud annualists, especially women, because women who have natural skills, most of us do, think about it, with curiosity and problem solving, evidence collecting, not to mention critical thinking and observation. Oh my, observation. Are we great at that or what? <laughs> so many times you can think about what you saw, what you observed, and your mind goes back to details, minute details. That's something that can be used in this industry. And that's a great thing. So women, yeah, we can naturally recall and remember details. And these are excellent tools for the compliance industry and compliance work. So it's great looking out on the forefront. Well, I think that just like, like just make a quick comment about just great observations, you know, that's not, that's very interesting in, in help for the community, you know, I'm very sure. Um, I just want to just make a quick comment in terms of them, uh, because uh, from uh, the future of compliance from a more general perspective, and just, just I'm going to share uh, what uh, actually is my experience and also my vision from working house and trains I have seen, if that's okay, Denisa? Yes, absolutely. Please do so. Yeah. I think that the coming years would be very essential for compliance functions to adjust and enhance their capabilities in order to meet uh, the increasing regulators' expectations. I think that where in the past, the core of compliance officer role was to, ad to advise on regulatory requirements and monitor adherence to companies' policies, compliance is now expected to play a much more strategic role in anticipating managing risk. I think there is a clear need to, for management to, provide, to be provided with a more holistic overview of potential risk. The perception I have is that the senior management want a more sophisticated compliance advice, which offers a broad perspective of the latest thinking from regulators. But however, to provide this high-level strategic advice requires uh, this right structure and resource of the function that needs to be juggled with the uh, delivery of the day-to-day -day requirements. And I'm, I'm convinced that it's where technology plays an important role. I always keep, I, I will say that you no, know, uh, uh, in my current role. And um, it's it's important, uh, such as uh, as the automation of process. Uh, it's one of the examples as the right tools can help us reduce the demands of time consuming manual tasks. So in my view, it's an investment and not an expense or, or cost. Uh, I know it really depends on you know, the, um, the compliance you know, structure, the, uh, if the program is fit for purpose, budget, resource. But I truly believe that taking advantage of those Technologies will help the functions analyze and use data from a more strategic perspective, and therefore provide a, sh a sharp, more sharp, and strategic advice to the business. Um, I think where the future holds for compliance, there will continue to be debates about the best way for companies to approach the challenges they face. It's for each individual individual uh, organization to decide what's most appropriate for it, uh, its individual circumstances, of course. But I'm very confident that the role of compliance will expand over the next few years. 
but doesn't mean to be in dispute that the increase in demands and compliance resource are unlike to, to be reduced, diminished. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, thank you for those responses, both of you. It's um, it's really informative and good to see that in the future there will be lots of work where we can all put together ourselves and you know really develop uh, professionally, and not only women, you know, in general. I mean, and um, a, a quick question before we close the, the interview. Can you please tell us how people can join you at WEC? Yes, the short answer is www.wec-global.org. But let me just take a minute and give you a little bit of a longer answer too. <laughs> Professionals in this industry, they have to stay abreast, Denise, of current news, information, trends, technical advancements. You want to be known as knowledgeable in this area of compliance and ethics. So for many in this field, they might have completed various classes. They may have took stuff over their undergraduate degree. In some cases, they may have a law degree and, and they might have other graduate degrees as well. But after a formal education, we're finding that more is needed. And their need is to have a centralized, dedicated, safe space where professionals in this industry can go. They can go there and find valuable resources, such as educational classes, blogs, industry news from across the world, and even master classes and mentorship. WEC, Women in Ethics and Compliance, well, we offer these. Again, that's www.wec-global.org. And for anyone, we're open for those that are just thinking about getting into the industry or even those that are already in the industry. We invite you to become a member of Women in Ethics and Compliance. It's a remarkable educational international nonprofit organization. Thank you, Gina. That sounds really good. I'm going to include all uh, the links to the show notes. So in case you couldn't get that, you can check it in there. And also, Gina, please send me that article that you mentioned about ethics, collaboration and compliance. I would be happy to include it in the show notes as well. Excellent. Thank you so much, Denise, for having us on today. We really appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure talking to both of you. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Compliance Time. As a thank you for listening to the Complete WEC podcast, for the first 50 listeners, WEC Global would like to give a special gift. Just send the word gift to info at wec-global.org. If you like this episode, remember to leave us a five-star review on your favorite platform or send us your feedback on podinbox slash compliance time. This is P-O-D inbox.com link will be available in the show notes till next week